Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Gary Thomas, who is an author, pastor, and adjunct professor. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. It's great to have everyone here, whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener. Thanks so much for your continued support. If you've been tuning in for some time now, a great way that you can share this message and help our team here is by giving us a rating and review um, on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening. Um, or you know, sharing this podcast with a few friends or, or posting it on um, a social media platform or um, to, to help spread the word. It's a great way to, to continue to promote the message uh, if you enjoyed it and enjoy some of the content here. Well, today I'm speaking with Gary Thomas, who is an author, pastor, and professor. And yes, as the headline reads, we're talking about Married Sex, his new book, and um, Uncovering Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. He co-authored this book with um, a woman named Deborah, who is a counselor and um, really a practitioner in relationships. And I believe that these two offer a great perspective inside the life of marriage and and sex. So we really dig into expectations, um, how sex is a gift from God and is to be honored and has been designed for, for particular functions and purposes. Um, and a whole lot more. So I'm super excited for this conversation and know that you will enjoy it. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Gary. Without further ado, Gary, thanks for, for joining me and the guys like us tribe and community here. Thanks for having me, Tyler. My pleasure. Well, uh, by uh, by way of introduction, just kind of wanted to, you know, say congratulations on, on and you know, exciting news on, on the new book, which it's, we're recording today in October. And so a few days kind of, you know, since the launch. Um, and so the, the title of the book, it's what a lot of folks are, they're going to see the headline of this, uh, of this podcast episode, and they're either going to click it or they're going to run away from it. And so that's, uh, there's two responses. It's, um, married sex, Christian couples guide to reimagining your love life. You co-authored this with Deborah, um, as well. And so have been, you know, uh, reading through it and kind of goes chapter, you know, a few chapters here, a few chapters by, by you, a few chapters by Deborah. Love the way that it's kind of composed, but w- want to hear a little bit more about that composition. How, um, what, what was kind of the genesis or the origin of this book? I know you've written yeah. a lot on, on marriage, but you yeah. want, kind of took it a little bit, you know, I guess deeper or a different angle, so to speak. Yeah. But a lot of your listeners might not know me. I've been writing books on marriage for a couple decades now. Sacred Marriage came out in the year 2000. Uh, I had been asked through the years about when I was going to have this book on sex because I've done a number of talks on it. I just really don't have that. Then a few years back, a couple national marriage ministry leaders just said, Gary, we just think we need a new book. A lot of the ones that were most popular in days past just seemed a little bit dated. Mm -hmm. Some of the more contemporary ones had language that wasn't necessarily conducive to wives enjoying it and there's pushback and they said, sure. we just think your sure. angle, you know, I'm not an academic, right. I'm not a psychologist. We think your angle could really be helpful, but I just didn't think the moment was right for a, a late 50 something guy to write this on his own. So I talked to mm-hmm. Deborah Filata, mm-hmm. she's in mm-hmm. her thirties. 
she's a licensed counselor. She brings an entirely different skill set. Yeah. And the yeah. notion was we could have a woman and a man. We could have a counselor, pastor, spiritual writer. Yeah. Um, we could have somebody who's been married 15 years, as Deborah has, or Lisa yeah. and I have been married over 35 years. Wow. So we could address all issues, really, to have a book that can deal with the theological, the psychological, yep. the relational, practical approach to sex. We had a, hundreds of people yeah. that just generously shared their stories as we interviewed them. And I'm just so glad I waited, Tyler, because yeah. I'm just really happy with the result. I felt like Deborah did a great job. And having a male's voice and a female's voice, that's right. I think it's so key for couples today to not feel talked down to, but both husbands and wives to be heard. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. And I, I mean, I'm 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 younger, and so don't offer a lot of great insight into this. And newly married as well. And I, a lot of listeners here, are, you know, newly married and come from, or and some of them have been married for you know decades, like yourself as well. And so. A lot of us are coming into this from different places, but I think as you as you named some of the perspectives that you and Deborah offer, uh, and I as reading it, you see both the theology and kind of the richness of God's design in marriage and in sex and why it's a good thing um, within kind of its 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 boundaries, but also it's kind of you know deepening in those. But then also you get the, a lot of these practical you know elements as well, and um, a lot of kind of experiences and which which I love and want listeners to to dig into. But I think one of the things I guess where I want to start is kind of um yeah, is why I guess we're really digging into now and what some of the big sure. bigger questions are around um sex and intimacy in the 21st century, especially, you know, 2021, I do think that there's a heightened appetite for sexualization of a lot of a lot of media media we're consuming or and, and and such, but just kind of wanted to unpack that a little bit into, um, yeah, how you've kind of navigated what, and maybe this will kind of flow yeah. into the expectations chapter almost of how yeah. really that has kind of, inter the lens we kind of view things through right now because of what we're seeing. Well, I think there has been some very harmful messages about sex inside and outside the church. People right. will just attack the church. And there, look, I, I'm teaching a seminary class where we did a critical critique of the purity movement, which, cause I, I get there were some not great sure. messages coming out of that. Sure. You know, what is a pastor? I've also dealt with people that didn't even think about waiting until marriage and they felt like their souls were ripped up by having sex outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. So the negative right. messages are inside the church and sure. outside the church. We wanted to say, look, this is a great act that God has created, that yeah. God designed. Let's look at how God says it's most powerfully unleashed. Yeah. And I, I kind of look at it this way, Tyler, because yeah. I, I think especially for the younger demographic I, I know sexual temptation is is a challenge for most guys I'm, I'm not saying every guy sure. most guys I've worked with it is I, I can say sometimes it's not as intense when you get older uh, but then I get other guys angry with me and say well that's not the case for me so sure. whatever the case most of us are going to have to deal with it and and one of the things I found is that if I'm eating healthy food and I'm walking around satisfied. I'm not as tempted by a bag of cheese puffs, you know. Right. If I'm starving, the cheese puffs are there. I just want something to try to to push away the pain. And I think pursuing spiritual sexual health. Mm -hmm. Tyler, what what it does is that yeah. what I love about it, when I'm focused entirely on my wife, we have a fulfilling relationship, yeah. which means a healthy relationship is a mutually pleasurable relationship. Sure. Not that she's having sex for me to keep me to stumble or something. That's a, that's a 
unhelpful message. That's a toxic message. Hmm. But the reality is that when we, when we have that, it not only sets me up to have a closer connection with my wife, and we can talk about the neuroscience behind yeah, that, yeah. the spiritual realities behind that, but it sets me up to have healthy relationships with every woman. I'm not sexualizing yeah. other women. I was just yeah. reading today Paul's words about how hmm. I can treat older women as mothers, younger women as daughters, women mm-hmm. my age as sisters. And so it really enriches my relationships with, with all hmm. women. Um, and so yeah. it's, sex is a, is a powerful thing that God has created. I liken it to nuclear energy. It can light up your city or it right. can blow up your world. And this book is saying, hey, guys, let's help it light up your city. Let's yeah. let it be the positive force and energy that God created it to be rather than something destructive that threatens to bring you down. Yeah, I, I love that. And actually, that was one of the quotes I, I highlighted is here on, on, on page 32. Um, we have to understand that although sex is powerful, it does not have power over us. We have power over sex. We are the ones who have been given this powerful gift and we get to decide how we will wield this power and what we will allow it to do to our relationship. We can choose from this point on to use it to bring about good or to spread evil. By God's grace and his strength, we have the power to make the fire of sex burn for the good of our marriage. And I, and I love that. And that's kind of the, the essence I'm, I'm capturing is that it's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and it's a, it's, a, it's a godly thing. So can you just maybe talk through a little bit about kind of the, some of the, where in, where in scripture we see the origin of, you know, starting in Genesis or maybe in Song of Solomon. There, I know there's some different references that you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, for folks who may, may not be as familiar as to kind of yeah. how can we approach this through through uh, through through the through the word? Yeah, well, the amazing thing to begin with is just that there's one book in the Bible that has one central focus, yeah, and that's what's called the Song of Songs. It's a book about the erotic relationship between husband and wife. Now, it's not just referring to one husband and wife; it's called an ideal. It's a series of love poems. It's not chronological, but it celebrates the physical relationship between a man and a woman. And just the title alone, Tyler, is really Mm -hmm. powerful. Um, Something of something is an ancient Near Eastern way of phrasing something that just elevates what's being discussed. Hmm. Most people have heard of Jesus or God described as the king of kings. Yes. That doesn't mean that he's the greatest of kings or the wisest of kings. It means that if you were to put all the kings of the universe together, he would be king of those kings. He's different in kind. Mm-hmm. So here mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, you have this book describing the sexual relationship between a husband and wife and saying there is no other song like it. Mm-hmm. In all of human experience, there's nothing quite like this song. It's a song elevated above hmm. the others. And we think about what it does, Tyler. It, yeah, this yeah. is what just amazing. We can create human beings that share our DNA through this act. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our brains learn to renew our affection for each other with this act. We yeah. feel like we're humans with bodies that have nerve endings and skin and touch and, yeah. and all of the senses coming alive. Yes. I mean, yeah. God designed us for sexual pleasure. So it's not surprising that his book doesn't celebrate it boldly yeah. and loudly and zealously and enthusiastically, mm-hmm. telling us far from God being anti-sex. He's trying right. to help us to see, sure. I really want you to understand the power of sex. That's so just right. the title of lo- alone is a yeah. strong message and sermon. 
So some of those senses, I think, really, really kind of captures the depth of like, you know, looking at the, the, the five, you mentioned five senses. And I think in, in Song of Songs, it really gets into a lot of, you know, there's, there's erotic language and there's really deep and intimate language that's used. And it, you do start to kind of understand how some of these senses are, you know, really magnified. Can you explain a little bit about what you mean by um, these five senses? Yeah, yeah. It was a really fun chapter yeah. to work with on how God has made us so capable of experiencing so many different kinds, mm-hmm. if I could just use a phrase, of erotic pleasure. Sure. And how long-term monogamous couples, or frankly, just couples that are just starting to be sexually intimate, can really increase the intensity of their enjoyment and pleasure and connection by more thoughtfully and intentionally putting the five senses into play. Uh, there's the sense of sight. Now, now, guys, get this. For us, sight is a big oh, deal yeah. about yeah. sexual interest, in part because of where sexual arousal is in the male's brain and, and what drives us. Most people know we are more visual. We tend to be more visual. That doesn't mean women aren't visual, but you, you look at a male brain. I, I love what Dr. Daniel Amen said. He's an He's, he's talked about how he's looked at tens of thousands of brain scans. He says, I can't tell if I'm looking at an Asian brain, Caucasian brain, an Hispanic brain, or an African-American brain. I immediately know if I'm looking at a male or female. We're just, wow. There are some differences, not to make too much of it, but for us, sight is a big sure. thing. And so in the book, we just help wives see this is what it means to your husband yeah. to be able to see you naked. That For us, yeah. there's really nothing more beautiful in the world than our wife right there in front of us now yeah. we don't expect them to look like supermodels married guys know this there's just something about our wives bodies that can fascinate us the bible celebrates that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. proverbs says may you rejoice in the wife of your youth the loving doe a graceful deer may her breast satisfy you always mm-hmm. may you ever be captivated by her love and that word rejoice is a funny word, Tyler, because yeah. everywhere else it's used, it refers to clapping and shouting and dancing. Yep. And so it's a picture of a guy that gets to see his wife naked and he's like, yay, oh my, this is wow. so yeah. cool. And, and the word captivated, tiska in yeah. Greek refers to, tiska. one commentator put it, a morally permissible love ecstasy. That just the sight of our wife's bodies can just hold us spellbound. Yeah. There was a British playwright who had, I thought, just a, a, a wonderful insight when they asked, what, what is the most beautiful thing a man will ever see? And he said, a woman's naked body. You know what? I think if you talk to most guys, I, I, I don't know, maybe you would disagree, Tyler. Yeah. We're not all the same, but we could see how a guy would at least answer that. Then they asked him, what's the most beautiful thing a woman will ever see? And he said, her newborn child. Wow. And again, yeah. some women would disagree with that. I'm not trying sure. to lop everybody into the same thing, but it's just helping to see that the power of sight and what couples have done to let each other see each other. The use of mirrors, some things that are just pretty practical and easy that couples don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the sight of the, the sense of, of hearing. Um, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. Great research on what listening to music during lovemaking can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talk to wives about how the differences of her voice, whether she's uh, pleading or laughing or yeah. cooing or moaning or just silent and intense passion. It's an entirely different experience for both of them when they have that. That's and the right. way her words, you could be shouting. And then when you start to whisper in your lover's ears, it's like the brain reflexes. What did they say? And so yeah. your brain just tunes in 
Now, since I know we're talking primarily to guys, you have some yep. email listeners I'll also say, sure. well, guys really like their wives to talk in certain ways. What we found is kind of funny that sometimes a husband's words are as likely to turn a wife off as on. <laughs> so talk about these things. Figure yeah. out what gets your wife going or what turns right. your wife off because no two brains are alike. Male brains aren't like female brains and two male brains aren't alike and two female brains yeah. aren't alike. So it's it's kind of understanding that yeah. um, smell can be a big thing. We, we talked to couples who, I thought this was brilliant. Yeah. The wife has this bottle of really nice perfume that she wore on her wedding night and she puts it on every anniversary right between her breasts and they're just taken back to that special night the first time they made love. Mm -hmm. uh, the sense mm -hmm. of touch. Mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. what fascinated me, Tyler, is that a woman's skin, this would be helpful for your guys, a woman's skin can be up to 10 times more sensitive than a man's. Hmm. That tends to explain why women are so into foreplay often more than guys are. Yeah. And what that also means is that women often feel like guys are too forceful with their touches, and men often feel like their wives are too light with their touches. Well, yeah. we don't have the same bodies. That's right. And so just by... Thinking about the senses, we have a lot of stories from couples who have shared, yeah. this is what it meant to them, and this is how it helped them. You can be making love to the same person for years, creating all kinds of different experiences, special in their own way. Mm -hmm. Just by accepting God designed our bodies mm -hmm. for sexual pleasure, don't just close mm -hmm. your eyes, don't just think of sex. I, I don't know what your rating is, I don't want to say this. It's not just the act of penetration that sets. Think about the journey to get there. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it. Let your senses come alive, and you can have an entirely new, renewed, and mm -hmm. joyful experience in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I, I love, it's just really, I was just kind of reflecting on God's design in like arousal places in our own bodies. Like why would God design that if it wasn't meant to be used, you know, for, for good? And so well, exactly. And it, it, I just, I, I thought about it, I'm like, what? That's like, it's nothing new, but like, so it does point to like, wow, there, there is a, there's really is an interesting purpose in that. Um, and, and so for I, those, yeah. I'm sorry, Tyler, but for those yeah. who are believers, it was surprising how every sense is so celebrated in scripture. Yeah. For those yeah. that where the Bible is a real important authority, yeah. it, it's God telling us, hey, think about smell, think about taste, think about touch, think about sign sight sound think about sight and and it was just it was just thrilling to see that really it is a manual yeah about how monogamy can be so wonderful even after years of being together yeah yeah and i i think that's yeah that, that is one one thing i want to focus on too I, I know you're on the or you've spent some time on the west coast in um in you know pacific northwest and yes. i'm on the i'm actually in the boston area and so we're in these kind uh, of this these great metro coastal cities who have there's a kind of a certain ethos to 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 sex and to kind of how it's to be enjoyed and a lot of i have a lot of you know a lot of my friends are not are not christian and talk about you know they're kind of going through these stories and so i guess why can we just explain why why is it so special for kind of sex to be enjoyed in the context of marriage and even for some for some christian folks they're like, ah, what's well, you know, we're we're together and we're gonna get married, but why is why is there a value of you know you, you titled it married sex, you know, yeah. and I'm sure that there's a real maybe a deeper understanding of yeah. how we can grasp that. Well, uh, first, just for me as a believer, yeah, what matters more than what I want is what God wants, 
And I, I think God's word is clear that sex is for marriage. But I think in doing that, he's given us the key to the most satisfying sex. And study after study, Tyler shows that those who are in monogamous marriages actually have more and better sex than those who don't wow. over a longer period of time. Hmm. Uh, I was walking into a conference one time and a group of people, hey, Gary, Gary, they knew, we want you to sit down. I didn't really know him. It was a table filled with Christian sex therapists. <laughs> Oh my the, the weird things I get into, and they were just talking, and they shared, and their research is found, and they were yeah. all in agreement that the, um, and even Dr. David Schnarch has written somewhat on this. He might, he's a little bit differently. He, I don't know if he's a believer or not. He's recently sure. passed on, but he really is one of the leading writers on, sure. on sexual uh, research and whatnot. But they said it takes about 20 years for a couple to reach its sexual prime. And they point out, and Dr. Schnarr says, that genital prime is different from sexual prime. Interesting. As far as the physical mechanics of sex, it doesn't take 20 years to master it. But relationally, because it's not just about the physical act, it's about connecting emotionally yeah. and spiritually and understanding your wife's body and your wife understanding your body, that just takes yeah. a long time. Because every person is different. Everybody has a different brain. Everybody has a different body. Yeah, yeah. It takes time to get to know each other. It takes hmm. time to per perfect the physical act, but also to have the kind of um, relationship that you desire. Let, uh, let me give you an example, yeah, yeah. Tyler, of the difference it can be. I've worked with Please. a lot of different couples. One that where um, the woman was having an affair and one where the guy was having an affair. They both admitted, even during the affair, their sex with their spouse from a physical perspective was satisfying both party both partners felt like this was what we would call quote unquote good sex but they said it's a different kind of sex sometimes there was an anger behind it sometimes it was athletic but they both said this was fascinating to me. they both said it was really about just getting a release and getting our needs met the wife said that and the husband said that but afterwards hmm. when they reconnected when they repented when they were there it was an entirely different kind of mm. sexual experience it was sensual they were kissing in a way they never did before which which is what i think tyler is a real yeah. key thing the one sexual yeah. act that unleashes all five senses is kissing with your eyes open you've got sight you see each other you've hmm. got taste you've got sound you've got yeah. touch you've got smell and you can have great sex but if it's not sensual sex where you don't even really think about kissing so that there's a connection and intimacy hmm. it doesn't mean your relationship is in a healthy place because while sex is very pleasurable physically it's not just about physical hmm. pleasure it's about connecting as a couple hmm. and so just want on that point there's something you mentioned just want to make sure i'm kind of clarifying here so yeah. so in terms of like a connection standpoint what you're saying is that there's opportunity or even better sex 20 years from kind of when you just get married or, or just yes. in that beginning stages because you're still developing these kind of almost these connection these connections sensually or in your senses is that accurate yes that well that that's part of it but okay. it's also the body is very complex yeah. And in fact, even even more so for when we had one wife that, that laughed, she said, you know, I pretty much know how my husband works. She goes, but the reality is what works for me on Friday may not work for me on Monday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it could yeah. depend on what time of the month it is or what right. day it is, or what hour of the day or whatnot. It just takes time. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. for guys to learn. So yeah. I'm not denying time that people can't be thinking that they're having sure. anonymous, satisfying sex physically. I'm yeah. just saying it's like they're they're seeing a slice of what sex can be. And that's why marriage is essential that when you're connecting as a couple, you understand each other, you know each other, you want to please each other. And here's yeah. the biggest thing for yeah. me, Tyler, I think as a husband, I get more pleasure out of my wife's pleasure than my own. Hmm. Not not in a in a prideful sense, oh, I'm a great lover, but because I cherish her. Mm-hmm. I adore her. And when I can make her feel good and when I can make her even lift her self to a place of ecstasy that you know nobody else can ever take her there and what it does for our relationship yeah it's just it's just wonderful and again i think those are things that marriage speak of no man on a one night stand could possibly feel about a woman what i feel about the mother of my three children and my mm-hmm. partner over 35 years where we've been together through so many yeah. things some scary things one of our kids sure. almost dying the frustrating years the happy years um, so I, I just think that, that God's prescription yeah. for marriage as the context in which we enjoy the best sex is wise because it sets up the relationship to succeed. I yeah. don't think he's being a killjoy. I think he's extending our joy and increasing our joy by recommending that we keep it for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so something you mentioned too is, you know, you, you're, you're with a lot of, or have, been with the counseling and some some couples and also you know some of your work with with Deborah as well. I, I almost perhaps in, this is how I, the initial categories I think of like the new couple you know who was just exploring or perhaps even about you know about to get married or engaged and then I think of like someone else who's been married for maybe 10, 15, 20 years who is looking for their you know seeing that there is based on what I'm hearing here is like, oh, there's a deeper level of connection or intimacy, you know? So maybe these two categories, maybe these are not great categories for just the life stages people are in, but what kind of, what are been some of the biggest learnings or what advice would you offer for some of these people? Yeah. Well, I really loved Deborah's chapter on sex expectations for the younger couples that you're talking about, because I I think some of it, and some of it does come from the purity movement, but whatnot, but what you think sex should be has a huge impact on how satisfied you are with the sex that you have. Um, if you think you're supposed to be able to run a marathon without getting tired or sore or hurting, you're going to think a marathon is terrible. If you train thinking I can be ready and it's fun and satisfying, but yeah. there's going to be some tough, then it's a whole different experience. And so some of the sex expectations that Deborah pushes back is that sex is automatically amazing without work. Mm, sex is a yeah. physical skill it can yeah. take some work and yeah. and just because you love each other and just because you desire each other doesn't mean it's always easy uh, for some couples they really have to work at it to master it um, an, another expectation I'll always be in the mood for sex you can really enjoy sex you can really love your spouse the way that life is it, you may not always be in the mood now probably more often on your honeymoon but even then you might want to do some other one other ones um, yeah. I, I think the expectations are that, that sex will always be explosive. It will always be problem-free. The reality, Tyler, every couple will eventually have sexual issues that they need to overcome. And it's usually different for younger couples than it is for older couples yeah. because as you get older, there are often age-related issues or as bodies change, how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. But just going into marriage, realizing it's really going to take us some time to figure each other out 
and to learn from each other. And so what I would say on a practical level to the couples that are just married, just married or married yeah. a couple years, don't get too caught up. Again, I, I don't know what your rating Ish. is, so, but just on the act of penetration, let, let me put it that way. People know what I'm talking about. Enjoy the journey to mm -hmm. get there. So often with younger guys, it's just like, let's get to that, let's enjoy it, and they enjoy that experience. Look, a male's orgasm is an average of about four to five seconds. For a woman, it's seven to 10, so she's twice as long, but it's still not very long. Women often are more capable of experiencing multiple experiences like that, where younger guys maybe, but as guys get older, it's a little more difficult for them. But enjoy the journey. Get comfortable with each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. Now, Deborah helps wives where, for some, they may have body shame issues or mm -hmm. it's just difficult for them. To, she does great counseling. But if your wife has that where it's just hard for her to see you naked, guys, you'll love what she hears from Deborah in this book. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. she'll love the testimonies of what it means sure. for a guy when he can finally see her, knowing it's going to take some time. But figure out your wife's body. Let her guide yeah. your hand. Enjoy the experience, how she looks, how yeah. she feels, how she smells, what your touches mean, different kinds of touches, different speeds, different pressure, different places. Um, just really understanding what that is. And, and so I just say, don't step back from the, oh, we just want each other and we're just going to make it happen and we're just going to enjoy the release. Slow down a little yeah. and really learn to enjoy the journey. Yeah. Uh, for older couples, it's often hmm. then the five senses are helpful to make sex feel fresh and fun again. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mm -hmm. David Schnarch warns that there's a response, arousal threshold and response threshold are two different things. Arousal threshold is what gets you sexually excited. Guys know what that means. There's a very yeah. physical uh, happening that we're aware of. The response threshold is what takes us over the edge so that orgasm will occur. Men and women need to know, because this is true of women as well, that response threshold and the arousal threshold changes over time. The same old, same old won't work anymore. You've got to reinvent it. You've got to look at it. Okay, what gets me aroused? What helps take me over the edge? It may be something different as you go through. It could be just in a couple years where it's different, and you just hmm. have to figure it out. So the senses could help. We also talk about the different ways that Talking about positions can help. In the chapter, Choose Your Adventure, we look at positions as creating a different kind of environment. Right. Some positions are more about athleticism and fun. Some are just about raw passion or intensity. Some are about sensual connecting. Um, so it, it's really recognizing that, you know, couples often just fall into these positions, and that's fine. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes if you take a step back, yeah. Here, here was a great testimony as an example. One woman said she grew up with a very negative view of sex, like yeah. religiously, that it was wrong. Yeah. And, it, and for her, she loves being on top because she could take charge. It was liberating. Her husband could see her. And so for her, it wasn't just about the physical pleasure, although that was intense. It was the spiritual release. Here I am. I'm doing it. God celebrates it. It's a good thing. And so just finding out what hmm. the positions mean to your spouse. And sometimes you want quiet sex where you just reconnect. Sometimes maybe you got young kids and you're like, hey, we got 10 minutes. Let's just make it happen. That's okay. Sometimes you really want to take your time and make it a gourmet experience and, and, yeah. and draw it out. 
what I love about married sex is that it creates the environment and a safe place to experience all those different facets of sex mm-hmm. where we can really experience mm-hmm. it to the fullness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think that, I think that that's something that is perhaps new for a lot of folks is that it's not going to look the same every single time and that there is right. that your spouse is not going to be turned on or activated in the same way every time that you're, you know, that you come together. Um, and so that that was really, really fascinating. And so I, I know some, you know, some people are listening right now and they're this on, you know, there might be some areas where they're not maybe comfortable sharing too many details with each other or also with their friends. I've, we've talked to other couples and we've heard some things from other couples that we're friends with. And we're like, that's like, that's a little too much for us right now. <laughs> right. Like there is a, this holiness that like we want to honor. That's just between yeah. you two. Right. Like, Right. And so how do you kind of walk or, you know, how do you kind of navigate those lines and, you know, I guess so that it's, you're able to talk and feel and be free about talking and working these things out, you know, yeah. beforehand, but then also kind of honoring that, that holiness yeah. aspect. Yeah. Two things, Tyler. One, I just think it's funny. It's, I'm not saying it's universal, but it's it, certainly the vast majority of us often find it easier to have sex than talk about sex. I, I don't know why that is, but when we talk to most couples, they'll shake yeah. their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, easier yeah. just to do it. So Deborah has a great section here about helping couples do just that: when to bring it up, when not to bring it up, the kind of questions you can ask, the way you can do it, so it doesn't become a fight, but it just becomes a pursuit of understanding where you can affirm each other, even while you bring up something that wasn't the best. And so I, I, I think. I, I agree with you entirely that, that couples need to talk about this more. There can be some help in appropriately talking about this with other couples. I do think that that small groups could go through married sex. But here's what I would say for every couple that does that. Before you get there, decide ahead of time where's the line and what's the signal. The line is you're not sharing this about us or anything. And the signal is if I feel like you're getting too close to the line, I'm letting you know. Right. And you know it, so you don't go there because right. it is a sacred thing. It is mm-hmm. a private thing. Some couples, yeah, they don't mind sharing. They think it's funny. Others, it might be a split thing where the wife's saying, I really don't want you to go there. The guy's saying, I really don't want you to go there. We have to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage isn't just about being naked physically. It's about being naked in our souls. And, and that is a really sacred trust where... Mm-hmm. You want your spouse to feel safe. And this I'll, I'll just say this to guys. Sure. The sexual intimacy is in particularly protected by a wife feeling safe. So if she doesn't feel safe with you, it's going to be hard for her to let go. And, and in a sense, releasing that is what helps hmm. her own enjoyment. So you've got to make your hmm. wife feel safe. Now, of course, that means no abuse of any kind, no fear that you would coerce her. No fear that in her desire you would lead her to do something that she doesn't want to do or she would be ashamed of doing, but also outside of the bedroom, no sense that you will ever betray who she is, what she does, what she wants, what she likes, what she doesn't like, that that she really has a hundred percent veto yeah. power mm-hmm. on what happens in the bedroom. Mm. That's that's just yeah. essential for continued sexual enjoyment and just to honor your marriage vows and the marriage covenant. Yeah. No, that's really good. And, um, I, yeah, no, it, make, it makes sense too. And so, 
Um, just to kind of in, in close, I you know really enjoyed kind of hearing a lot, hearing a lot here, and want um, others you know to to have an opportunity to to get a copy of the book and also Sacred Marriage as well, you know, and um, some of the other uh, work, you know books that you've written as well. What what's the best way to kind of stay in contact with you and you know and, and also you know um, sure. yeah. Well, for me, uh, my website is GaryThomas.com. Okay. So they can remember my name, Gary Thomas. Just put a .com on the end, and that has all of my books Great. and the links to social media. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram. If they want to go straight to the website for the book, it's MarriedSex.us. Okay. MarriedSex.us. I know people get nervous typing that into a browser, so it might be easier to go GaryThomas.com and, and just seeing it there. I have a blog there, one for uh, relationships, marriage, and one on spiritual formation for, for Christians. But if you go to the Closer to Others one, you can see a lot that I've written on sex and marriage and yeah. even some, some blogs for singles about making a wise marital yeah. choice. I'm already thinking about people typing in married sex and seeing what type of ads they're going to start <laughs> getting their way. So yeah. um, just, you know, go cautiously, but uh, don't be afraid. All right. Well, Gary, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, for some time today, and um, certainly enjoyed it. And you know, wish wish the best and in, in the book, and um, and just uh, for all that's to come. Thank you, Tyler. I'm just so grateful for what you're doing, pulling men together to think thoughtfully about life mm-hmm. uh, and the guests you have. It's just an honor to be a tiny, tiny little slice of this great work that you're a part of. My joy. Thank you.